Rise and shine. It's butt whipping time. It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. That broadcast school has really paid off. And Christian Peck Dimmitt. Do you want to keep this job? Shut up. Listen. Learn. The region's only local sports talk show. Discussing it all from the preps to the pros. What time is it? Dance and Simulcasting on AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State. Streaming online at nwksradio.net and the Rockingham app. They are everywhere. The Blitz is presented by the Insurance Agency, the Farmer State Bank in Oakley, the Cowboy Corner Express, and Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell. Stop what you're doing and listen. Minutes 63 left fourth quarter. There's nearly a steal now. Korsenbrock comes away with it. Crossover, he'll go one and two to the lane. Euro off glass is good. Double digits for Max Korsenbrock. Colby extends its lead. Bad pass from Shavira, intercepted by Hope Bierman. Hope goes up and under the defender and puts it in. Hope Bierman with her first points of the night. And the Cowgirls on a 6-0 run here. Late in the first quarter. Now another steal for Hope Bierman. Nobody around. Hope. Able to finish on the other end. High post catch for Cheney, who goes down low to Stanley, threw it up, no good, grabs her own and kicks it out. A Flanagan triple try on the way is Butter. All nylon from the top of the key. Allie Flanagan puts it in. Patterson, beautiful bounce pass to Ritzma, but Gonzalez read it perfectly, took it away. Gonzalez in transition, shovels it off to Cure, goes up the two-handed power flush from Lincoln. Cure makes it 21 to eight and a timeout, Lincoln. You know, as a broadcaster, you're always looking for games that you can get highlights from. Last night in Lincoln, it was a highlight fest. Oh my goodness, the Goodland Cowboys routing the Lincoln Bronx and doing it in exquisite fashion last night was uh, certainly fun to broadcast that was for sure hey good wednesday morning everybody happy valentine's day to you out there i hope christian got his flowers for his significant other uh or chocolates (laughs) i don't know what do you want for valentine's day you want chocolates or flowers i don't know uh i i'm quite single so i don't have to worry about either um, and I would like to today. think that even if I were not, uh, that Lent starting today would probably uh, be the bigger deal. But that's right. Lent because is I today. am single, we're going to say. Happy Ash yeah, Wednesday to all those out there. Oh, yeah. Hope everyone got nice and fat on Tuesday. And, uh, <laughs> and now you're ready to rock and roll into Ash Wednesday today. So Exactly. Yeah, really. Going to be a good day. So like I said, it's a double whammy today. You've got Ash Wednesday, Valentine's Day. You know, if you gave up chocolate for Lent, it's really not a good day for you. I mean, <laughs> so, you know, anyway, uh, glad you're with us here on a Wednesday. We got a full show ahead. Jesse Newell's going to join us from the Kansas City Star. I'm sure he's getting ready for the big parade that's going to be happening in downtown Kansas City today as the Chiefs celebrate that Super Bowl 58 victory uh, with the fans of Kansas City. So we'll be visiting with Jesse Newell, getting his thoughts on the Super Bowl, on the parade. And of course, there was some big news yesterday pertaining to Royals baseball as they're going to be building a brand new stadium in downtown Kansas City. Would love to get Jesse's thoughts on that as well as he covers sports in the KC Metro here now for the last handful of years so we'll get his thoughts on that what an absolute i don't know if anybody else saw this i i I pointed it out on the bus ride home but 
What happened to Colorado State last night was unbelievable. We will get to that coming up in the final segment towards the end of the show. So plenty to get to here on a Wednesday program. As always, if you'd love to chime in, use our text line, the number 785-899-2222. Fun night of high school hoops last night, wasn't it? Uh, went Sweep for Goodland, sweep for Colby, some other great games as well throughout the listening region. Overall, a fun night. I'm sure Christian had his good times as well. The Butterman himself, Christian Peck Dimmitt. The Butterman. Uh, <laughs> you guys didn't hear one of the other highlights for the girls' game, but the same thing happened. So if anyone listens to my broadcast, you'll know I do a, a lovely little rotation of, I don't know, five or six different calls for uh, what a make is, and they they all rotated at the same time, and uh, I guess the best highlight of the night, uh, you heard it on the girls' side, was me yelling butter, and then uh, the best highlight from the boys' side was also me yelling butter. So Ross had a little uh, <laughs> laugh before I the only, show started. I only laugh because well we've all been there. One. I only laugh because oh, yeah. we've all been oh, there. Yeah. We all something just gets caught in our craw for the night, and you're like, it just it just keeps <laughs> flowing out. You know, when you're a broadcaster, you do enough games. You know, unfortunately, your your mind sometimes just kind of flips onto autopilot, especially when the game gets going. And so these words, they just come out. So, hey, it's all right. Uh, still good calls last night. Uh, it's a couple of great games there in Colby. Uh, you had Colby take down Scott City on the boys' side, 66-60, and a more convincing win for Colby over Scott City, 52-33. to Overall, did these games turn out the way you thought they might last night? Honestly, they they really did. Uh, I did expect both Eagles squads to win and for the girls to do it in more convincing fashion. This is now two games where the girls have looked on a relative scale like the better team and they've played really good games, played uh, or had convincing wins where, you know, it's JV squads in for the last few minutes. And that's the kind of win that you want. But I'll tell you what, the, the boys have now strung a couple games together where they know how to get your heart racing and uh, make you think like they're going to lose the game and then win the game and then, you know, choke the game and all, all a little bit uh, back and forth in the fourth. And obviously it wasn't three overtimes against Dodge City like it was on Friday, uh, but it was a very exciting comeback win on the boys' side. And like I said, it wasn't nearly as convincing as the girls doesn't make you feel maybe as good uh, about the win, but still uh, a nice couple of wins. The big headlines, of course, uh, is what it does for you in substate standings on the girls' side in particular. You now move into spot number four, and you're only a half game back from spot number three, which is, of course, big because you'll now host if you can win out. If you can win on the road in Cimarron and then come back home for Peaberg on senior night, you have that spot. You've moved into the driver's seat with that Lakin loss last night. Thank you, Ross. Thank you, Goodland. I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> uh, thank you, Ross, for tweeting it out because I was able to break that news uh, to Coach Walker <laughs> that last I night can in take, the postgame. That I can take credit for. Okay, so you're welcome you on go. that. But I can't take any credit uh, for what happened so, on the floor. I'm not sure, did Lakin have a game canceled that they were unable to make up? Because it looks like they only have two games left and they played a game less than uh, Colby has. Uh, maybe that's just because Colby is in 
two different tournaments. I'm not sure why, regardless, Lakin has two games less, and uh, Colby has played one game more than them on the girls' side and has the same number of losses, so 12-6 and six and 11-6. and six. Uh, 12 and 6 for Colby, 11 and 6 for Lakin. So if both teams win out, all the Lady Eagles have to do is a pair of two wins, and they can host a substate tournament game for the boys. It's big because that was the hardest game left, uh, realistically, at least on paper, on your schedule. Peberg, not exactly an easy team to take down still, uh, but you will be at home for it. And if you can win those two remaining games, it gives you a good shot also to host that. Uh, first round substate game as the four seed because Holcomb uh, has three games left and two of them will not be easy, including a game against Hugoton. A little bit of research here for you. Holcomb's Ulysses, why am I saying Ulysses? Uh, Lakin is 12 and 6 on the season in the girls. There's a game on the Acacia website that has not been entered in, the Elkhart game. Oh, interesting. They beat Elkhart last Friday convincingly to get to 12-5. and five. They lost the game to Elkhart, or they lost, of course, the game of making it 12-6. and six. So they're 12-6 and six at this point in time on the record at this, at, this, at this moment. And they've got two games left against Deerfield, which should be a win uh, for both the boys and the girls. And then um, after that... Uh, you've got Leota, Wichita County, which uh, has been a very difficult team to beat uh, this year. They've lost them twice. So if, if once again, it's a big if. It's hard to beat a team three times. But if they're able to, if they fall again to Wichita County, that would put them at, I think, 13-7 and seven will be their record when it's all said and done. Well, Colby does have the tiebreaker uh, as the win over Lakin uh, from back in the top side. So... Regardless, they put themselves in the driver's seat, which is big. Uh, and so both teams in a position where they can potentially host a first-round sub-state game. Uh, regardless of that, though, a pair of good wins. The girls have continued now for two straight games to bring along a scoring punch with great defense. The Lady Eagles came into last night's ball game in their last four, allowing 31 points per game to opposing offenses and they pretty much kept track with that the average will go slightly up as they allowed 33 last night to the lady beavers though obviously a big uh i don't know if you want to call it an asterisk because of how big this win was but megan trout of course their leading scorer and rebounder had missed the prior two games with a concussion Prior two and a half games, she went down in the first half of their Ulysses ball game with a concussion. This was her first game back. She came off the bench and had four points. Uh, though, I, to be honest with you, I don't know how much that was her not being 100% versus Gold, Colby's great post defense because they've had Shaley Holzmeister and Bren Stanley really step up as of late. Those two uh, have com combined last night for 20 points along with nine boards for Shaley. Of course, this is unofficial. Hopefully she grabbed one that I didn't see and got that double-double. Would have been the first of her season. And then Brent Stanley, eight rebounds. So great post play from Colby allowed them to shut down Scott City's interior defense regardless. And their in-to-out play for Colby was big. And can't finish up talking about this game 
without mentioning Elizabeth Barton, who just seems to hate the Beavers or something. I don't know. The first time they played back in December, she had a career-high 30 points, was monstrous in that close, tight ball game that came down to the last couple of minutes. This one far less close, of course, and uh, that's where she did most of her damage was in the first half as she helped Colby pull away. She had 18 in the first half, finished with 22 to go along with five boards in three steals, and once again, Colby able to provide a scoring punch around her to complement their defense and a big win for the Lady Eagles. Certainly sounds like it, yeah. Uh, I, I Once again, it's... It comes. I, I figured this out about Colby, um, and I'm, I'm not just the only person. I don't think, uh, but I, in my opinion, if you're going to stop Colby, you suffocate, take the air out of Elizabeth Barton's game by not turning the ball over. So you give her layups mm. and steals, that gets her extra points, that gets Colby going. If you don't turn the ball over against Colby, you limit that and you force them to shoot the ball and play in the half court and not play a full court type of game, especially offensively. Uh, you're going to put yourself in a better spot to knock off the Eagles. But if you can't protect the basketball, if you can't do it, it's going to lead to a long night for you. And without watching the game, and whenever I see Elizabeth Barton goes off for 20 plus points, I'm like, well, she probably had four or five steals mixed in there uh, to get a win. And, of course, she's a very capable uh, shooter as well from the outside if you don't get a hand in her face. Believe it or not, that's actually a great point. 98% of the time, Ross, but believe it or not, she did almost all of her scoring in the half court last night. She had a couple of steals for buckets, uh, but that was really it. She, her three steals last night was a low, I think, in the last, I think that's the fewest steals she's had in the game in the last five, I believe, which at three steals, still crazy. Uh, but she did almost all of her scoring in a half court, knocked down one three, and just attacked the rack off of screens, got right into the middle of the paint. That right-hand floater uh, was on last night, as it usually is. Uh, but I was really surprised. Uh, Ross said exactly what you said, which is they only turned the ball over through three quarters when this you know, game had its rotation players in, uh, and even the third quarter didn't necessarily matter, so to speak. It was already far out of hand at that point. Uh, but they only turned the ball over seven times, did Lakin. It was, or uh, excuse me, did Scott City. It was straight up just good defense from Colby. And surprisingly, you allow 33 points, and Yancey Walker still was a little bit frustrated uh, with the rotations that his girls had. Quickly, what stood out in the boys' game? Boys' game, it was seven turnovers in the first quarter, and you kind of started getting shades of what you've seen at certain stretches this year, which is inability to handle the press. Scott City brought out 1-2-2, two, two, and uh, Colby's first five possessions in a row were turnovers, and you're just putting your your palm to your forehead. Oh, man, this again. And then they just slowly clawed their way back. They were down as many as 10 in the first half and just got on the comeback trail and were committed to slowly chipping away at the lead. Late in the third, they finally grabbed a one-point lead, and then a very exciting back-and-forth fourth quarter, and the Eagles made a bunch of plays down the stretch to grab a win. The big headline is four different Eagles in double figures, and of course, they had three total Eagles score at all when they first played in December. It was Taden Fiken off the bench, and then Jordan Jones and Guy Tubbs, the only Eagles to have a point the first time they played. This time, 
They had four Eagles in double figures, five with at least nine, led by Jordan Jones with 24, Braden Foss with 13 and a couple of threes, one of them, one of which which helped them put it away, and Max Kersenbrock off the bench had seven in the fourth, all of which were big buckets. Big win last night, and Scott City continues to be the team that just perplexes me, um, that just you know, a team I think that can beat anybody, but can lose to Indy, but and can lose to anybody in the same night. Um, not saying that the the loss to Colby is a bad loss. Not saying that at all. But they just continue to be a team that perplexes me on how good they can be at times and how questionable they can be at times on the boys' side. Very inconsistent. And I was visiting with Coach Dahl about it on the bus ride down, and and I said, you know, Scott City is a dangerous team. I don't think you'd want to face them in the postseason. Luckily, you know, they're in 4A, and so that doesn't have to happen, even though I forgot that for the moment, thought they were in our substate, but they're not. <laughs> but nonetheless, you don't want to face that team because they, they're good. They just unfortunately don't play as good as they probably should all the time, but when they do play good, look out. And so that was a nice, really nice win for Colby, uh, getting a six-point victory at home. And I tell you, Colby's really gotten a lot out of this year's team, uh, and I'm not surprised to see Tom Stevens go out and get as much as he had out of this group. I mean, they play six guys at absolute most, it seems like, most every single night, and to win the amount of games that they have gotten uh, this year, uh, to put themselves, you know, at, a, what, 11-7? and seven, Am I right on that, on the record correct? Set 11-7? Yes, seven. yep. Uh, and, and knocking on the door of hosting the first round, that's, that's a heck of a job well done. Now, they've got some high-end talent, if we talked about before, but, man, to do what they've done with the limited amount of depth and the limited amount of scoring that they have, it's been a really pretty darn good season, I'd say, for Colby overall. I completely agree. I mean, to get out of six guys and to be as undersized as they are, the coaching big, and obviously Tom Stevens, a man of few words, basically every uh, answer to every question comes down to these kids played hard and they committed to getting back into this ball game, and that's exactly what they did. They were playing against, because of an injury uh, for Scott City, their starting uh, point guard tore his ACL, so they had to insert a bigger kid into their lineup, uh, which means that they had 6-3, 6-5, and 6-6 in their starting five. That gave Colby issues early, and it was very quickly that they adjusted to it learned how to deal with it as they have so many times this year, and I think coaching does have a lot to do with that. Great night for Colby. A sweep of Scott City last night there at home. Even a better night for Goodland on the road in Lakin on what was throwback night from the old gymnasium. So once again, playing in the old gym, which, by the way, the the connotation was going to this old gym. It was going to be really small, and there wasn't going to be a lot of room. This was a pretty big gym. I, I came to learn that when this gym was built and opened in 1956, it was the biggest gym in southwest Kansas, west of Great Bend. It was a big gym. It was actually dedicated by the great Fog Allen, uh, of course, who was the head coach at Kansas many, many years ago. And so he came down for the dedication. It's a big gym. It's not as small. That The Hoxie gym that the Cowboys and Cowgirls played in is way, way smaller uh, than what Lakin played in. So, but it was kind of cool. Throwback night. Lakin wore throwback uniforms, but it did not matter. Goodland played unbelievable on both the women's and the men's game. The ladies, the story was the first half. 2 nothing. Lakin jumps out in front. Goodland would then proceed over the late of the first quarter, all of the second quarter, and into the second half to go on a 31 nothing run and would lead 33-2 to at one point in time. 
Lakin would get a few buckets in the second half to make it a closer-looking score, 51-28, but a 31-0 run for Goodland, who didn't allow a single point late in the first quarter, none in the rest of the first half, and all the way through the second. They turned Lakin over all night long in that first half. 22 first-half turnovers. I think they ended up, I was going to look up the final numbers, they had a total of 29 turnovers last night, did Lakin. Goodland needed... That by to get rested up, and Bill Bourbon need to get his team rested up, and then on top of that, get them refocused and practice hard so that they could play hard in games. It worked on the girls' side. They played hard defensively. They looked like the Goodland of old, forcing turnovers, which led to offense uh, with with layups on the other end, and then they were able to get some good performances after a slow offensive start because it was two nothing for probably the first five to six minutes of the game. Lake and led, and then just. Lakin turned the ball over. Goodland made a bunch of buckets and uh, and got easy looks thanks to their defense. Marie Martin carried the Cowgirls in the first half with 12 points, ended up with 14, tying her career high. And Jackson Mitchell picked up the slack in the second half and got to 14 points as well. So two ladies in double figures to lead the way. But very balanced scoring sheet as pretty much not every single lady that got in the game scored, but pretty darn close. Uh, very balanced scoring sheet for the Goodland Cowgirls who pick up their now Ninth win in the last 10 opportunities against the Lake and Lady Bronx. So they they were really dominant last night. And in the boys game, it was full of broadcasting highlights. Just massive dunks from Lincoln Cure, whether it was off an assist or an alley-oop or a put-back dunk from a missed three where a three-ball from the corner comes off the rim and Lincoln flies in and slams it down. Uh, It was amazing. Three guys in double figures last night for the Cowboys. Led by Noah Shinette, who really got off to a great start. He had 10 first-quarter points, uh, had season-high 17 points to go along with four boards. Lincoln Kier followed him up with 16 points and a career-high tying nine rebounds. And Brady Brumbaugh, you know, had a they were face-guarding him all night long. He still found a way to get 14 points when it was all said and done in six boards. He probably could have had 16 or 17. He missed a few free throws that he rarely misses. But everybody who got in the game for the Cowboys made an impact. Everybody scored. Everybody except for one person grabbed a rebound last night, and everybody made an impact, and it might have been diving on the floor for loose balls. It was one of the few times that you'll see Lakin get pretty much out-hustled and outworked. Goodlin did to Lakin what Lakin does to other teams mostly every night, and it was pretty intriguing to see. They outworked Lakin on the defensive end. They outworked Lakin offensively. Lakin didn't have an answer. Goodlin, you know, was up 17 to 8 at the end of the first quarter. They outscored uh, Lakin in the second quarter, 29 to 15, and just kept piling it on from there. Uh, it was it was a fantastic showing, and you you walk away from that game if you're a Goodland fan and you're sitting there thinking this this team has got something, and uh, something's you, you got to think that barring just an unbelievable letdown somewhere, that this team's going to do something pretty special. Because they took it to a Lakin team that's what a top. It was a top ten ranked team. Lakin's number ten in this week's rankings. Goodland's number three. It was a top ten matchup, and Goodland beat them. Now they moved down to ten. They were at nine. They dropped to ten this uh, yesterday when the rankings came out. They dropped down to ten, and so they dropped down a spot. But it didn't matter. Goodland still routed them by twenty one points last night. It was a spectacular sight to see. It was very impressive. So I give Coach Dahl, the coaches, the players, a whole bunch of credit. That was quite a ball game last night. Just pure domination. And if the Cowboys continue to play like a team that's hungry and just wants to continue to go out and prove people, 
they're going to be a very dangerous, dangerous team uh, going into the postseason like they have been. That was a that was a spectacular performance last night. No doubt about it. Absolutely crazy. I mean, to be honest, looking, obviously, follow Ross Volkmer on Twitter, as all of you should, and <laughs> at, you know, the different halftime breaks or whatever it might be going on and checking the score, you kind of give a side eye to, wow, really? I mean, number nine versus... Uh, number uh, three on the girls' side. Now number 10 uh, versus number three on the boys' side. Uh, I said girls' side. Um, should have been a much closer game. I mean, this to be a blowout at that level of play on your home floor with a, you know, quotations or an asterisk on it, not technically your home gym, but still playing down in Lakin, that is huge. I mean, and the, the girls obviously had their streak broken earlier this year and three losses infinitely more than in their past two years, but still on a heck of a groove right now. And they, they really seem to correct me if I'm wrong, but cut down on the turnover issues they had earlier this year. Yeah. They just, they looked a little crisper. They just look crisper. Like I said, mm-hmm. getting healed up, not having those nagging injuries has really helped good a little bit. Um, yeah. It's, it was a good time for that buy, and because of it, everything is kind of, you know, kind of on the upswing here for GHS as they go into the final couple games of the regular season into the postseason. All right, let's get to a break. We'll be back with Jesse Newell, our good friend from the KC Star. That's next here in the Morning Blitz.